You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Thanksgiving to Sid Talk and everybody else. Hello. Thanksgiving is over. It is. Plus, you don't know when someone will be listening to this. That's true. Somebody could be listening to this next year on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Or next year on the 3rd of August. Correct. (laughs) So happy Thanksgiving regardless. (laughs) Sid Tor, what's your um, before the after the show discussion? I don't think we had much except for this movie sort of brief. We're brief today. Brief, brief. Briefs. We're also only wearing briefs. We are not. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it is after the show, number 764, we're a movie review podcast, and on Saturday, November the 26th, 2002, we're reviewing the movie, Don't Worry Darling. It's a 2022 movie, releases on Blu-ray on November the 29th, so you can pick it up this coming week. We reviewed the 4K disc, rated R from our friends at Warner Brothers, who sent us a copy for review, Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the movie. Don't worry, darling. Hmm. Synopsis of this is a couple is living in a place that seems too good to be true. All right. How's that? That's pretty good. That's good. Here's the one off the tin. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding a disturbing secret. All right, so don't worry, darling. How this is an interesting one. How did you like it, Sid Talk? I enjoyed it. Do you hear the hesitation? Yes. It's gorgeous. I love looking at it. You like looking at a film? That's good. It had a lot of eye candy. So I appreciate that. The direction, I like the direction of all the stuff and the setup of the scene, the. Shots, so maybe the cinematography is what I'm really liking. Yes, Matthew Libertique. I appreciate a weird vibe. I even brought up to you that it reminded me of, as I like to call it, what did I call it? Twin Pines. (laughs) Wayward Pines. (laughs) Wayward Pines. Yes. Is actually what I was thinking of because there's a weirdness vibe to it. It's a little too pristine. And Edward Scissorhands even, even though it's a completely different story, but... On Truman Show. Yeah, you get this sense there's just a little bit something off. I like that. And then you want to find out what it is, right? Yes. And then it's like bits are missing. Yeah. Even uh, when you're getting to the like, oh, shit, this is what's happening. Okay. And I want to dig more. And then there's nothing. It's as if they got to a certain point and they're like, we've done all the cool bits. And here's the thing. And here's the reveal. And we're done. There might be spoilers here. There will be spoilers because I will spoil it all. All right, I've so, decided. <laughs> so Don't Worry Darling is a movie with kind of a twist. So if you don't want that twist ruined, go away. Watch it. Come back. It's not just kind of a twist. Yeah. It's so, an M. Night Shyamalan kind of a pretend twist. So my uh, opinion on the film is I like how it looked and the direction and the cinematography, but I found it kind of boring, which, okay. is, which is really odd for... Like, because I liked everything that was, you know, I liked the people in it. Absolutely. 
And I liked the mystery of the first, let's say, 60 minutes. Genuinely, I'm interested in what is messed up here because I do like, you know, I love the Truman Show, for instance. And before you know what's happening, when it hits you, you're like, oh, this is cool. When it is sufficiently rolled out told to you as the whole of the story yes then you're like oh now i can piece together my weird feelings yes the veil that has been lifted and now i'm gonna get to understand more about it this one doesn't have that you just get the veil kind of sort of lifted well then then on the other side of that i like things like twin peaks where the veil is never fully lifted but i like (laughs) the mystery of i like being in the mystery or the world is cool enough for me to like overlook, you know, I don't need it fully explained. Now, when this is revealed, what is going on, I found it disappointing because I wanted more than that. Uh Because it goes in a sci-fi direction, let's say. I mean, you can spoil it. Okay. The twist is this. (laughs) So (laughs) here it is. So we're introduced to these people. It's all perfect and shiny, like Edward Scissorhands, like my mad... Mad, not Mad Max. No, no, no. Mad Men. Yes, <laughs> Crossing Mad the streams like Mad Men. But it's just so perfect you feel weird. And then as we go, she gets these little glimmers of weirdness. And then a, one of the women in the group is sort of falling apart and saying, we're not supposed to be here. Something's very wrong. Then it is revealed, sort of, kind of, that our main lady might have been, the way I took it was, you're you're under the impression that she might have been like kidnapped and brainwashed or something done to her to make her forget a previous life, right? So now we're going into territory of, okay, so they've hijacked these women to be the Stepford wives, essentially. The men are doing some weird secret project, and that's why they need this perfect cover-up. Did you get any of that? Um, Some of it, but not everything there. Right. And then we get even closer and find out, dun-dun-dun, it's all virtual reality. There's your spoiler. Which is really, that part, I was bored by. Yes, that was very yeah. disappointing because I was like, oh, okay, okay, but now, if we're going into player one territory, right, ready player one, yeah. I want you to explain to me, is the world derelict, you know, falling apart, and that's why we're doing it? Again, it might not be super interesting, but that's something, right? I mean, All we the- saw her a little bit of the world where she was working in the hospital. Yeah, but she was just working in a hospital. That and, was normal. And their flat was kind of dingy looking. Yeah, and he was a complete... I'm just going to put this out there. I don't want anyone to misinterpret this character that Harry Styles plays. Harry Styles does a good job of this character, so that's one thing. This character is a complete twat. He's a terrible, horrible human being. Right. He's terrible. So he has his little butthurt feelings out in the real world, apparently. Can't get a job. He's a loser. He bitches at her for being in surgery so long that... He got hungry waiting on her to come home. Fuck that guy, right? Yeah, he's a terrible guy. somewhere along the line, because he's feeling all, oh, poor me, poor me, he tags on to this guy, Captain Kirk, kind of selling men, because that's who it's directed at, this idea of a perfect utopian, no more chaos in your life, don't you want everything to be perfect, blah, blah, blah. We get little glimmers of the origins of this whole story. So he then jumps into that, And now she's strapped to a bed with her eyeballs strapped open and he's dribbling water in her mouth like the guy from Seven. Right. I'm I'm doing lots of movie references today, but if you're a movie person, you know what I'm saying. There was a guy strapped to a bed with a bunch of air fresheners hanging in the air, right? That. Yeah. I won't spoil that one, but the murderer (laughs) was barely keeping him alive. That's what's happening to her in the real world. 
So that's the... But in this movie, the Harry Styles character believes he's doing that for good because she's so unhappy and she works so much. No, he thinks she's unhappy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he believes in his mind that he's, he's doing a good thing. Well, no, she wasn't unhappy at all. It was him who was I, I know she wasn't, but he believes that. No, he doesn't believe it. He just made that shit up in his mind because he was a fucking miserable, useless twat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, but in I his mean, mind, I mean, if you watch this and you don't like my he anger, he was a complete useless piece of crap. So let's just go with that for sure. And then he gets this guy honing in on his weaknesses and his preying on him, essentially. And then he falls for it. And then he brings her into this world where he gets to be this suave, madman-esque you know, dressing perfect and he's got the British accent and they're partying all the time and it's perfect. And he, that's where he gets to be the man. The, see, killer's, the killer's song comes to mind. I'm the man. See, the issue I have with all that stuff, once that reveal happened, it just felt like, um, like a Black Mirror episode, first off. Kind of, but, yeah. But like a, like a bad Black Mirror episode, like one that I don't rate highly. Oh, right. You know, because I feel, I feel like we've seen stuff like that before. Sure. It's not new, that concept. It's been going on forever. Like Westworld kind of explores it a bit, you know, and that's a film from the 60s. Well, Westworld isn't virtual. That's real. Right. But when we go into <laughs> this new Westworld, is yeah, West, it's real. But, yeah. you know, they mess about with like going into people's consciousness and all that kind of stuff. But this movie, the way it unwraps it, is intriguing, but then the unwrapping part, you're like, oh, okay. You're right. I agree. It's intriguing for about 60 minutes, I thought. And then it just kind of fizzles out. And like you say, I feel like it's missing like information. Because, yes. I mean, maybe that's on purpose because of the kind of story it is. Maybe the book explains it better. I don't right. know. Right, so if it's in the book to tell the story and it's not in the movie, then they're not telling the story. Yeah, or maybe it's supposed to be like weirdly um, I disagree. abstract. It's not it? abstract at all. It's actually missing bits of information. Like at one point we have the wife of the man who's in charge. So in the movie, they're a very power couple and she's super perfect and she's kind of, you know, stoic and whatnot. And he's like a psychotic cult leader guy, but everybody's worshiping him in the real in the fake reality, right? So- we never get to see him in reality, do we? Never. We only see him in the fake world. So right. that, that's an interesting thing. And then at some point, she decides to do the thing and uh, bring him down. And that's it. There's yeah. no explanation. Like, is she actually in charge? Is he in charge? What's the what's happening? That There's no storytelling there. It's just boom, like a shocking moment. And when things start to get weird, for instance, she goes out in on a tram trolley and then you see a plane crash. <laughs> What she sees a plane crash in the distance. Is that supposed to be like a glitch in the system or something? Good point. I never understood. I, I didn't quite under, you know. Yeah. Once it was revealed, I was like, okay, so I'm thinking back. There was a time where she was looking in the window and the window kind of like got really close to her and it yes. seemed weird. Are those like matrix glitches? Are those like just the system being weird? Or is he sitting at this at, at the controls and being like, I'm going to fuck with her? Yeah. <laughs> See, none of that is like. No. Uh, I mean, you just have to assume it was a bug or something because they're literally just running software. Right, and you shouldn't assume anything when someone's telling you a story. No, yep. and you can't assume anything at all when it's happening because you're like, okay, a plane is crashing, the men work over there in the mountains. You know when she was like heading towards the mountain as well, like to um, go and find out what's up with that mountain at the end? Yeah. 
And there was like an entrance to the mountain at the bottom of the mountain, like a hole. Yeah, you could and see then where she you drove dro- up. And then she drove up to the top. I didn't get that part either. I didn't either. That I was, was like, really weird. I was like, all the men drive in the hole. So what? wouldn't you drive there to see what was they were doing? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, am I not getting something? Because why is she going to that top part? No, just to reassure you, they missed the mark. They didn't tell us what we need to know about everything. No. But then... The other side of the movie is it's very like expertly filmed. It looks awesome. The set is really good. Yep. Where do you get a place uh, like that? The place that it was filmed at, wherever it was. Where do you get a place that like the whole place looks like the 1950s? Like it's huge, that set, if it's a set. Well, that. Or is it a themed neighborhood? (laughs) No, but they built it. Yeah, but you saw how big it was. It was really big. I don't. Yeah, but there's also CGI, babe. You know, this uh, I didn't know it's any CGI. It looked... The CGI would have been that if you build three houses and then build the rest of the whole town with CGI. Well, that was very good. Be- yeah, we've seen it many times. Because she drove around it quite a bit. There was like a, a almost like a crane shot that came up and looked over the top. So it looked awesome, and it was in this like little valley and costuming. Everything was cool. That weird dance that Harry Styles did, it was weird. It was like, and the way I thought of it was, and they were trying to do a little style over substance here. It's been announced to the group now that Harry Styles' character gets to be one of the senior staff. So it's like all coveted by all the men, right? And then all of a sudden his dance is like he's now become a puppet, like a marionette yeah. on a, his, his, the way he moves is very like, and then they kind of dances him to exhaustion. Like, just keep dancing, just keep dancing, just keep dancing. So later, when you find out the whole reveal, like, oh, it's the guy in reality got recruited by Captain Kirk. And now Captain Kirk is pissed off at him for not controlling his woman in the real in the fake reality. So he's punishing him or embarrassing him, maybe. But again, I'm making that up because nobody said that. No. But it felt after it all was going down, I'm like, oh, so Captain Kirk's just being a dick in the fake reality, right? Like. Making that guy look a little bit embarrassing or something. I don't know. I, I was embarrassed watching it. <laughs> he dances for like an extended period. <laughs> it's a weird dance. I was like, okay, are we going to end the dancing? No, nope, we're not. We're just going to keep going for a bit. That was a, a part I disliked. But I think that's why. Because he was doing something to in, in the story. His wife, our main lady starts asking questions and starts being a little bit suspicious of everything. And of course, the guy wants to keep the illusion going, keep everybody calm and shut up. So he tries to manipulate the husband to control the woman, right? So he can't do that. So now he's just making a fool of the man. That's what I kind of got out of that. Yeah, and there's no explanation as to why like some people just commit fully to it and some start questioning it either. Is that shitty programming as well? Like, cause Well, it's because not... we did, we get a little clue into Olivia's life because her character says, I chose to be here because in this world I get to keep my children. Right. So in the outside world, maybe she's just like a loser lady who fucked Lost up. her children. Yeah, lost her children to social services or whatever. Or maybe she's got like whatever's going on in her life chooses to be there but we didn't get that from anybody else no we didn't even get a, a one little line of dialogue about it when she was expressing that i was like okay we're gonna get to the bottom of why some people are placid and just go along with it but yeah in her case yes but everybody else who knows yeah even the wife of the creator of it like what yeah what's, what's her deal why would she do it did he force her to do it or and again 
was he actually in charge? Yeah. Because at the end there, you get her doing the deal. Yeah, true. But again, it just felt, I would call it messy. Messy's good. But. It ran out of steam. It's attractive to look at. You know, it's very attractive. Everything. DP, cinema, cinematography, actors. Everything is attractive to look at. Shiny surface. But then if you dig underneath it, it's not quite as clever as it seems. See, I know what you're doing here. You're mimicking the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I expected a bit more from whatever the thing was. When I'm watching something else like that, Twin Peaks, for instance, even though you don't fully get to the bottom of what it is, there are moments along the way where you're like, holy shit, this is cool. With this, as soon as they reveal some things, I was like, this is less cool now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, it was cool until you tell me that, and then I'm like, oh, come on, that's just, like, ordinary now. We've seen that before. We've been watching a lot of movies, right? We've seen a lot of, oh, they're in a simulation. True. Like the Black Mirror episode with the two ladies in the simulation, remember? Correct. Yeah, that, that type of thing. That did it better. That was my thing. Let's get on to the cast. Florence Pugh plays Alice. Pew, pew, pew. I love Florence Pugh. You do? First time I saw her, Midsommar. She's also Black Widow's sister in the Marvel Universe. She's fantastic. And I also agree she was fantastic here. Yes, very good. She plays it very well. Um, it required a lot from her, I think, emotionally, because she has to go through all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, she, she does that thing well. She has to wrap her head in cling film. Oh, yes. so oh, my. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 is this real? And that, I think that was her, I mean, it wasn't real because she was in the simulation, but still. But it's how she felt at the time. Mm -hmm. Harry Styles plays Jack. Harry is a pop star guy uh, who's not generally in movies. He's been in a couple, but not as a leading man. What do you think? Do you I think, think he, he did a fine up? job. At I mean, first. I feel like it's unfortunate that a lot of people will misinterpret this character because they might be in love with Harry Styles. So they think he's like some sort of tragic, cool. well, on some sad, tragic man who got trapped in something when he's just a complete asshole. So I don't, I'm, I'm afraid that's going to get lost. But if that does happen, credit to Harry Styles, right? Because he plays it pretty well. The All of it, the charming part, the desperate part. He does get emotional when he realizes like, He's kind of going to have to sacrifice this woman that he loves out in the real world, or at some point he thought he loved her, yeah. whatever his idea of love is, which is kind of effed up. I did like but the, I did a good job. the scene in the car where he broke down. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. Chris Pine plays Frank. What do you think of Chris? He's creepy. Suitably sh schmoozy, schmoozy and weird. Schmoozy, creepy, and weird. Yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he came around, my it made my skin crawl a little bit. Yes, I felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know that scene where there, um, Harry Styles and Florence are having sex in that play, mm -hmm. in that, and he comes and just like stands and looks, and then kind now, of winks at her, like yeah. Now that's like uh, I was thinking, like in the virtual reality thing he's doing, he's just doing that to everybody basically because he's running it right. He's looking True. at it. Oh god, I didn't think of that. It's just like a, a pair of eyeballs just going around looking at everybody boning each other and stuff. Weird. Ew. Uh, Olivia Wilde. Plays Bunny. What did you think of Bunny and Olivia? I mean, she was all right. There wasn't much of it, of her. No, she was She was in it she, very You get little. the feeling at some times that she's the person in there who's like there to recruit you and keep you on track because she keeps trying to make, uh, you know, our leading lady 
kind of Ca- fall into line yes. all the time. And then we find out she wants everyone in line because she wants to be in there. So. Right. Uh, and Gemma Chan as Shelley. Uh, we know Gemma Chan from Humans and also from Marvel movies. Yes. I really like her. She's good here too. She, she has a good moment at the end, let's say. Yeah, but again, it's a little bit empty. Yeah. Because I don't know for sure. I mean, it's pulling a bit of Stepford Wives, like you said, also. I mean, she's like presented as she's completely 100% on board. And she even insults the main lady for having questioned anything at all. And she's really horrible to her. And then all of a sudden, near the end, she turns on the main dude. And that's it. And then I'm like, what? What? Yeah. I mean, there was not even a hint or a wink or a glance of her looking at our leading lady to say, like, I get, don't worry, I've got this under control. Nothing. It was like an empty moment almost. Yeah. Almost robotic or androidish or something. <laughs> Listen to you. I'm kind of used to seeing her as a uh, robot android. Well, in one show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was she one in the Marvel as well? Directed by Olivia Wilde as well. She's a star. She's in here and she's also directing. What did you think of the directing from her? I think it was fine. I mean, it's. I think the cinematography is more powerful yeah. than the directing. And sometimes you can feel a little bit of disconnect where the, because everything feels a little bit like, like you were saying, like a little flimsy, that's kind of the director's job to rein it all in. Whereas the cinematography, when you're looking at it, you could sort of be distracted by how nice it's looking. I mean, everybody did a good job. I yeah. like a lot of the camera angles and the, the movement, except for the one spinny scene. Oh, my God, everyone stop doing the spinning around. I feel like it was a good effort. IMDb reviews. What are those? Uh, those are reviews on IMDb. And you're going to read some one stars. And I know. You know, I know. Though we might agree with I know, with you someone. know. Well, we also know that somebody's going to say it's a man-hating movie. It's a mm. very woke movie. We're going to say that, right? Do we get Yeah. This one says... This review could have had a pity two-star rating, but it wasn't actually that good. Florence Pugh, as always, deserves at least a nine, but the plot, screenplay, and editing have even let her down. Harry Styles obviously slept with somebody to get this role. He was that unconvincing. Olivia Wilde was good in her acting role, but disappointing as a director. I won't spoil things by listing the better movies this is indebted to but be prepared for a predictable twist and clunky, unsatisfying resolution. Oh, and this is not a review bomb, by the way. I'm a retired professional woman. I'm also a feminist, and I really like Florence Pugh. (laughs) Nice. Okay. That one was at least succinct and uh, it said what it meant. I get you. I don't think he's... I think Harry Styles was fine, though. I think that part's incorrect. I think he was fine. This one says, bad story, bad script, bad directing. Chris Pine is all right and Florence is always good. I can't recommend watching this and regret I lost my time. Oh, that one. I forgot that good old classic. Olivia Wilde is so pretentious and I find her style to be abrasive. She's very insulting and ignorant. <laughs> what? Or what are we talking about here specifically? The, I mean, she didn't write it. Yeah, I was going to say it suddenly <laughs> became like an attack on Olivia Wilde's personality. Mm-hmm. That seems unfair, but I don't know the woman, so. All right, number three. There goes two hours of my life. Oh, I love that one. It's the Stepford Wife meets a Clockwork Orange. Like a TV movie of the week with so many plot holes, you could drive your minivan through them. Maybe having commercials would help it. Run to the fridge for a beer or two. 
And where did that plane come from? Where did it go? Who was flying it? What was going on? Hey, that's my question. Yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> There's too many questions. There's zero answers. I certainly won't be watching this when it hits Netflix. And that is saying something. I've watched Plan 9 from Outer Space at least three times. <laughs> I was totally relieved when this mess of a movie ended. Yeah, and a lot of people in these other reviews just say like things like, it's a poor version of The Stepford Wives, or it's a cheap knockoff of The Stepford Wives. I mean, it isn't. It's the concept of somebody taking the concept of, hey, or the idea that I want to create a world where women literally just cook the food all day and look pretty and meet me at the door with the drink. You know, we're mimicking again, this fifties ideology thing. So that is a bit copying from an idea for sure. Cause that's what they did. This one here is funny. It says the worst part of going to watch this movie was I was in a theater full of young female Harry Styles fans. They screamed every time he was on the screen and ran towards the screen. It was completely ridiculous and ruined even the small parts of the movie that were okay. If you don't want to be surrounded by hysterical teenage girls, save your money and wait for it to come on Netflix. It was a complete dud in the cinema. Yeah, that does sound terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't even understand. I mean, they're there to show their support in some way by running towards the screen when he's on the screen. That seems inappropriate. All right, so extras, there are none, actually. I mean, we reviewed the 4K disc, but there were no extras. Like I said, they should just... Uh take this podcast and I think we should approach all the movie studios <laughs> and say from now on for the next five years, you can use our podcast as an extra on your disc. Cause there's a reason we call for it after the show million dollars, right? Yes. After the show. Yeah. So extras zero conclusion. I'm going to give this one a score. I'm going to give don't worry, darling a six out of 10. I think that's fair. I'm going, I'm sticking with you. I might've even gone 5.8. I think, uh, yeah, I was going to give it a five, but I felt like that was unfair because it is better than... It is. Abby. It's better than the yeah. middle. And yet, because the experience of it... Okay, I'll, maybe I'll give it a 6.5. Because the experience of it, while I'm watching it, visually I'm entertained. I'm intrigued by what might happen, right? So I have the all the anticipation, which I love. I like the thought. I like being interested, which doesn't always happen. So I have to give it credit for that. I guess. Yeah. And then subtract points <laughs> because of how it goes. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Oh my God. Now I'm glad we have that recorded. Maybe 110%. Can I have that as a little clip so I can just play it on my phone whenever you, you, whenever just... you think you don't agree with me? I can just play that back to you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So thank you to Warner Brothers. Next week, we're looking at a new movie called 3000 Years of Longing. And yeah. it's the new movie by the director of Mad Max Fury Road. So, Is it about that guy from Doctor Who? No. You know what I'm talking about? Rory. Yes, I do know that. <laughs> no, but it does. this one does star Idris Elba, All if, right. I believe. Or maybe that's something else. I don't know. It's we'll watch else. it next week and find out. Movie recommendations. I'm going to go with movies that are better than this movie we just watched. <laughs> oh, my God. But in the same vein. Oh my gosh. And Truman Show is the ultimate one. It still holds up. Absolutely for you, yes. And the other one is Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield. Oh, right. It's an A24 movie with a... It's weird. And you you are intrigued. And then some stuff is revealed. And I was satisfied with the reveal. I actually forget the reveal, but I remember the weirdness. Yeah. 
So Under the Silver Lake and Truman Show. That's it? Just two? Correct. What kind of recommendation is that? I have five because I'm going back to the 90s and giving you the entire list of all the movies I can remember that I watched for all time. But these are from the 90s. And guess what? What? I'm not going to say that they're good or bad. So I've got Dante's Peak. That's good. I'll say say whether it's good or bad. Can Dante's Peak? Average. Average. Vegas Vacation. Classic. Mm, Average. Private Parts. Classic. (laughs) Below average. The Devil's Own. Didn't see it. I believe Devil's Own was... Is it Keanu Reeves? I believe it was. Yes. So that's probably below average. Not because of Keanu Reeves. No offense. And then Volcano. Average. Because it came out the same year as Dante's Peak. Were we obsessed with it? Which is hilarious. Yeah, that is. With a lot of disaster movies in the late 90s. It's like the year when Armageddon and Deep Impact came out in the same year. Isn't that the same year? Yes. What year did Armageddon come out? Oh, who knows? Uh, 1999. Okay, like I said, (laughs) in the late 90s, lots of... So, the like I said, just so to tell everyone this little short story. I think we've already told it. On this podcast, we have not. And not everyone listens to everything, even though they should. So, one time we went out to dinner in a different town, went to a restaurant... The guy came over, said something kind of quickly, whatever. And then as he was taking an order, I said, do you have any steak sauce? Like A1 or something. And he goes, like I said. Yeah, it was. (laughs) And then he proceeded to tell us whatever he had just said, but at like a million miles an hour. So neither of us heard him, but he was so irritated. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a Monty Python sketch. Yeah, he really stopped. Like, and short up his shoulders sighed. and like, and he has a little pad in his hand with his pen. And it was like, he was going to poke me in the eye with his pen. <laughs> but, but the funny part of it, I always remember is when he went, like I said, we looked at each other and laughed. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a, like, he must have been like, what the fuck? Who is this laughing joker? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. So. So when I say, like I said, then that's. I'm referring to that moment. You're trying to be sarcastically wry. Correct. Correct. Yes. All right. Hey, Scully Stuff, I've been playing a new game called Sonic Frontiers. It's the latest Sonic the Hedgehog game. And the big deal with the new Sonic the Hedgehog game is, for the first time, they've... Well, not for the first time, because they have done 3D Sonic before. But this time, it's an open-world experience where you're running around doing things, little missions... You know, the open world formula, but with Sonic the Hedgehog. Have you seen this game at all? A tiny bit. Do you like Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm neutral. I'm a, I've been a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog since the beginning, you know, the Sega Genesis. Uh, a long time ago. I think it was when I bought my Sega Genesis, it was the game that came with it in the pack. So because games were like really expensive back then on cartridges, I only had Sonic the Hedgehog for about six months. So... I must have played like every inch of that game. So Sonic Frontiers is, it's open world, This, but it's not just one big map. There's actually five different maps that you progress through. And there's different ones, snowy, sandy, like a, you know, um, green grass level. And then there's also interspersed, there's these little shrines that you can go to. And when you go inside the shrine, there is a classic Sonic level. Like it might be uh, 2D from the side, or it might be like a remixed 2D slash 3D version of an old level that you'll remember from the back in the day. 
And if you unlock those levels and do well on those levels, you get keys to open new levels. So it's the open world formula. You're running around. There's always something to do. There's little puzzles. There's rings to grind on. There's rings to collect. There's bosses. There's giant bosses. You saw the giant boss, right? The Titan. Mm -hmm. It's like Clash of... Not Clash of the Titans. Shadow of the Colossus. Like a giant, giant thing that you've got to take down. Got to climb up it first, and then when you get on top, you've got to take it down. So, yeah, that's Sonic Frontiers. It's um, out on the Switch, the Xbox, and the PlayStation. It's open world Sonic. If you like Sonic the Hedgehog, you might like some, might like it. I've seen some people who don't like it because they want it always to be 2D. Sure, sure, sure. You've sure. got to get with the times. Right? you got to go 3D sometimes. <laughs> and what's for dinner? I reckon we're going with the Taco Bell because you don't want leftover mashed potatoes, cheesy potatoes, scalloped corn. Neither do you. Um, uh, yeah, I do. Are you kidding me? You said you were carved out. Oh, no, I'm not carved out. I go in phases. I carved out, then I ate a bunch of raw vegetables, and I'm ready for carbs again. But oh, Taco we had a Bell good bowl fun. yesterday. We had a very good bowl. It was, uh, we do HelloFresh and some other boxes, and you made a kale and... Chickpea. Chickpea and... Hummus. What was the grainy stuff? Oh, it was bulgur wheat. Bulgur wheat was really good. Yeah, really tasty. Very good. Uh, and yeah, never question my devotion to mashed potatoes and green bean casserole. I mean, we've been married a long time. And if you don't know by now, I will never turn down mashed potatoes. We might have an issue. I might have to unplug you from the matrix. <laughs> I like mashed potatoes, but I don't like green beans whatsoever. I know. It's, it's like one of those things I have to just live with. <laughs> Brussels sprouts, though. I like Brussels those. sprouts. Yeah, yum. All right. So, what's your advice? Uh, My let's get out. Advice is a bit of a downer. It's just that uh, Debbie Downer. Yes, Cindy Cynic. There we go. Uh, love, love in quotation marks. The love with the flittery eyelashes. Love with the hearts flying out of your eyeballs and whatnot. Love on a little card. A love XOXO on a text. It is not enough in the world. You mean there's not enough? No, it is not enough. If you think that in life, because you love someone and you've decided how to love someone and you've decided how to define the love for that relationship or that group, could be a family, whatever, that that's enough. That everybody's problems and everything that ever happens can all just be like, well... You know, we love you or I love you. We love each other. So that's enough. No, it isn't enough. It isn't enough to solve the biggest problems that people have. Clearly, it's not a material problem solver. <laughs> you can't go to the bank and go, you know how much I love you, bank? Can that pay my mortgage, please? No, none of that shit. It also doesn't fix broken relationships. It really doesn't. There's a lot of hard work and self-examination and sometimes... Not love is what fixes problems. And I, you know, there's a bazillion examples, but I know a lot of people like to live in a little bit of a dream world. Like if they just love somebody and do everything for them and just keep on, keep on, it's not enough. I'm just telling you now, I don't even know your situation. It could be terribly tragic and you could hate me right now. I can accept that because I'd rather tell you the truth and wow. then take a deep breath and realize if you don't get off your ass and do something to help the person or do something to fix the situation or yourself, really, that's what we're talking about, I guess, 
just living in a dream world where the love hearts flying around and rainbows and shit is not enough. It is part of it. It's a great blanket. It's a great cushion. It's a great warmer of hearts, right? In the moments when the love is really, really there, what it's really there for is to keep you held together. It's not there to mend things, right? You can't stitch up a, a cut on your arm with love. The person who cares about you enough to do the stitching up, there you go, right? <laughs> but it doesn't do it for you. So I may, this may not make any sense, but it's just something I've got to get off my chest. Ew. No, I don't. All right, acecully.com is the website. You can get this podcast. You can go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can also go to anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere where podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, acecully at acecully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She has no love for any of you. <laughs> not true. And stay classy. Florence, pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, somebody's doing it for you. <laughs>